Hi, and welcome to Straight Shot Radio. My name is Johnny Slick, and I'm the owner and head coach at Straight Shot Training. Now, you may have noticed that it's been a while since our last episode. So six months ago, I transitioned to working solely as a personal trainer and running Straight Shot. So I'm training 10 to 14 clients a day and teaching classes while working six days a week at two different gyms. And I also taught in the spring semester at the local community college, and I continue to program and coach all of the athletes on the Straight Shot training program online. So while this has been great for my career as a coach, this has left me with little to no time to work on this podcast. I still probably have half a dozen amazing people I've been trying to interview, and all of these people have incredible stories, and I've also received a bunch of topics that I've been asked to cover recently, but honestly, there just isn't enough hours or aren't enough hours in a day to get all of these episodes out as often as I would like to. Uh, for instance, you may be hearing rain in the background or the occasional walnut hitting the roof of my car. I'm actually in my car recording this, so I don't wake up my son who just finally went down to sleep. So thank you so much for your support and for listening, and I'm going to continue to do my best to get these episodes out as I'm able to, even if it means more time in this uh, pretty sweet car studio I've got set up. As for today's episode, I'm going to do something a little bit different. I want to tell you all a story about one of the most rewarding experiences I've ever had as a coach. It also includes one of the more frightening points of my career that now I look back on and laugh at every time I think about it. It's one of the many stories I have that make me think about just how strange and awesome of a job I have sometimes as a coach. So, this is the story of Mr. B and the plane. Probably six years ago, when I used to work at the desk at the Y, along with being a personal trainer, I met a member named Mr. B. Mr. B was a veteran who came to the Y throughout the week to use the weight machines and to socialize with the other seniors. He was in his early 80s, and he had some significant mobility issues. He was considerably overweight and walked with a cane. Uh, B had both knees replaced, and both hips were not far from needing replacements as well. I would talk to B each time he came in, and unlike a lot of other older members, B would listen to any advice I gave him and respected my opinion and my knowledge on exercise, even though I was one quarter his age. And this was actually tough for me when I first started out as a trainer. So I was fresh out of college. I had an exercise science degree. I had been certified as a trainer for a few years and was constantly reading, studying, and practicing all things fitness and health. It was strange to me that people would discount my knowledge or expertise just because of my age. It also didn't help that I probably weighed like 150 pounds at the time and I didn't have a beard. And uh, 30 pounds of mass and a beard honestly changed the way people treated me and listened to me, as strange as that sounds. But Mr. B always came to me for advice back then and I greatly appreciated how he made me feel confident in my craft. And as we got to know each other better, B would tell me stories about flying for the U.S. Air Force and how he so badly wanted to get back up in the air again. Before long, I started seeing him a little less, and he explained that a lot of his time was being spent on building his airplane. And I knew he was into model planes, so I thought this was one of his model plane projects. But the more he explained it, the more I realized that B was 
actually building a lightweight aircraft with several of his veteran buddies who were also itching to get back up in the sky again. All of these guys were in their 80s. So months went by and he would continue to update me on the progress. I, I knew nothing. I still don't really know anything about planes, but what I appreciated was the passion that this man had for his craft and how similar we were in that aspect. So as the completion of this product, project came closer, I would see him get more and more energized when he was coming into the gym. It was almost like he was now training for something rather than, rather than just coming in and going through the paces and working out. So throughout this time, he would actually book personal training sessions with me to work on regaining some of the mobility that he had lost with, uh, with his knee replacements and rehabbing some shoulder issues that he also had. But one day, he asked me to do a session outside of the gym for something a little bit more uh, sports specific. So B explained that now that his plane was finished and had been inspected, he had to pass a test where he would have to climb a ladder, walk across a small section of a wing attached to the body of the plane, crawl into the cockpit, and seatbelt himself in before he could actually fly that plane and before he could get back up in the air again, which is what he had been wanting to do for years. B understood the concept of sports-specific conditioning and thought that if I, as a trainer, saw the motor patterns that had to be developed to accomplish this task, I might be able to help him train to do it. So he told me to meet him at the local airport one afternoon after I got off work from the Y, and he would pay me for my consultation time, as he called it. I was super nervous heading over because I knew it would just be the two of us in this airplane hangar, and I had no clue of what this process of getting this larger man with mobility issues into a plane was, gonna, it was even going to look like. So it was like a movie when I pulled up. I, I still have the, the image like perfect in my head of what this looked like when I pulled up to the front of the hangar bay he said he would be in, and he threw open the door in front of me to reveal a plane that looked like something you could control with a remote from the ground. It, it was much smaller and more Mad Max than I thought it was going to be. So he walked me around the plane and showed me the pieces that he had previously told me about, which was cool to see how all this came together. Then he grabbed the ladder and propped it up against the wing. And I instantly thought, this is not going to end well. So I held the ladder still while Mr. B climbed up one rung at a time and climbed onto the wing of the plane. The plane creaked and leaned towards us as he stood up straight and looks down at me and goes, come on up. So I climbed up after him and stood beside him looking down into this cockpit with two tiny seats. And I saw that B would have to lift his leg up over the edge of this cockpit and then down into the seat before swinging his other leg up and over and into the seating area. Then he'd need to squat down in the seat and then slide all the way into the seat, then reach back over both shoulders to fasten his belt. Honestly, it looked like it would be a nimble feat for a younger, more healthy person, much less Mr. B in the condition that he was in right now. And I should probably mention at this point, we're standing up on a rickety plane and I've seen B lose his balance walking across a flat floor in the gym. So I was a little nervous to say the least. And that nervousness increased as B asked me to spot him to help lower him into this cockpit. So I held onto his arm and helped him climb up over this edge, squat down on the seat, and slide into position before helping him to reach the buckles to buckle himself in. He gets in there, sits in for a second. I'm still standing on the wing of the plane right now. And he goes, 
come on in. So I, I didn't realize this was part of the session, but I went ahead and jumped into the seat behind him, and he started explaining all the inner workings of the cockpit, how it compared to the planes that he used to fly years ago in the service. The concerning thing about this explanation, though, was that he was pressing the actual buttons as he was explaining it, and the lights were coming on, and then the engine starts on the plane. Uh, at this point, I thought to myself, there is no way this man is going to fly this Fisher-Price plane. Please, Jesus, let this man not fly this plane. I'm not ready to die in a tinfoil aircraft. Um, I'm pretty sure Mr. B could feel the heat rising from the seat behind him. Or maybe he heard, he heard me praying or something. Uh, and I was breaking out into a nervous sweat. So he cuts off the engine and starts laughing. He goes, all right, uh, get me out. So... <laughs> Um, I had a I had a decent deadlift for a 150-pound guy back then. This was a little bit more of a challenge, though. So I had to hop out of the cockpit, uh, quietly praise the Lord for answering my prayers, and then proceeded to deadlift this man out of the cockpit to the point of where he could climb the rest of the way out himself. And then we had the walk across the wing back to where the ladder was, uh, which was just as sketchy as the climb up, but I was so happy to not be in the air that I really didn't care. I climbed down first before him, setting both my feet down on the concrete, and concrete feels so comforting when your feet are placed on it, rather than on the floor of a homemade plane that weighs about as much as you do and the pilot combined, and it looks like something, like I said before, out of a Mad Max movie. So I helped Mr. B down from the ladder, and he looked at me and said, okay, you know what needs to happen. How can you train me to do it myself? Uh, so I asked him to give me a week to make up a workout for him, and we would work on it together back in the gym the next time I saw him. So he handed me money. It actually ended up being twice of what you would pay normally for a session with me at the gym. And I, I told him, this, this is too much. And he disagreed. He, s he said that he appreciated me taking the time to come out and help him and that he would do anything and pay anything to get back up in the sky again. So the next week, I had B meet me in the corner of a gym away from where everybody was, all the machines. And I had made this makeshift cockpit out of plyometric boxes so like those wooden boxes i used aerobic steps i had some chairs it was a specific adaptation to impose demands at, at its finest so the said principle specific adaptation to impose demands is a principle where we train athletes in patterns that closely mimic the pattern they are trying to improve so b needed to climb into his cockpit so we climbed into this cockpit in the gym over and over again and we figured out you know, what needed to happen, where he needed to put his hands, uh, the timing of, of when to sit down and do a squat, all of that stuff. And we continued to work on his hip and shoulder mobility and did rehab exercises for his knees outside of this makeshift cockpit so that he could be confident and comfortable once he was able to fly. Mr. B trusted me, and I believed in him. I knew he could do this. He may not have the mobility, he may not have the strength or the skills required to perform this task right away, but he had what it would take to get there. He had determination, consistency, and patience. Even when we weren't training together, he would practice the drills I gave him to do and even did exercises at home while working to lose some weight because he knew that would help him out. So a couple of months later, when I transitioned into my role as a supervisor and I now had an office, he came into my office with this huge smile. And he goes, we did it. 
I got into the plane, I passed the test, I'm ready to start flying after a couple more repairs to the plane. I've worked with clients of all fitness levels and I have witnessed hundreds of personal records, but this moment always stands out to me as a coach. For those of you who know me, you know I'm not a super emotional coach or emotional person really. I am not a cheerleader, I'm not a hype man, I'm a coach. This does not mean that I'm not as excited as you are about lifting a new weight or learning a new skill. I just show it differently. Mr. B was the same way. Him and I were a lot alike. When he told me this, I could tell that this man was doing backflips with excitement on the inside. And I knew that he knew that I was doing the same with him, but our celebration looked more like a crisp handshake and a smile. So he, he thanked me and told me that he couldn't have done this without my help. I told him how small of a role I felt like I had played and that this would not have happened if he had not trusted the process of training and put in the daily work to make it happen. So I didn't see much of Mr. B that summer. He was spending most of his time up in the air after years of thinking it would never happen again due to his restrictions. That fall, I noticed he still wasn't back in the gym yet and I figured he was probably still out there flying. One day, my boss came in and told me that Mr. B had passed away. And this was three months after he was able to fly again. Now, he passed away from natural causes, but he had kept flying all the way up until he passed. Now, part of me wonders what it would have been like if he had taken off that day out of the hangar with me in the plane. I mean, I probably would have passed out due to fear, but sometimes I wish... A little bit that he would have just so I could have had a chance to fly with him so I could see him in his environment the same way he would come in and see me in my environment and I think about Mr. B when I see planes take off from the airport now and it always serves a reminder to me that you can accomplish so much more than people think you can or even you think you can if you aren't afraid to ask for help and if you put in the daily work you trust the process and you stay patient So that's the story of Mr. B in the plane. I thank you so much for listening today. If you could leave me a rating on whatever platform you're currently listening to me on, that would be awesome. And if you are looking for a mobility and prehab program that can help you improve your form in the gym or maybe help you get in and out of an airplane faster, uh, why don't you check out the Resilient Program. It's a short uh, prehab workout Uh, six of them that you can do before and after your training and it'll make a huge difference in the way you move and perform. If it's a comprehensive strength and conditioning program you're looking for, check out a monthly subscription to Straight Shot Training where girls and guys from all over receive weekly training emails with detailed workouts, demo videos, coaching chats, all for less than you would pay for one personal training session. You can find both of those programs on our website, straightshottraining.com. And be sure to follow us on social media using the handle at Straight Shot Training. Thanks again and have a great week, everybody.